Welcome back, wonderful listeners, to the Trey Hand Therapy Center, where we shape minds and change lives with your absolutely wonderful host, Shanna Trahan. You can now purchase the book, 10 Ways to Be a Great Parent, on the TrahanTherapyCenter.com. It's been officially endorsed by a school board president. It's not just for parents, it's for anyone who lives or works with children. Now, on to our show. Welcome back, lovely Trahan Therapy Center listeners, with your great host, Shanna Trahan. This morning, we have this awesome, phenomenal woman who is an educator, a divorcee, and here today to talk with us about cheating husbands. So hold on to your seat and listen closely. Miss Renette Brown? Yes. Good morning and welcome. Thank you so much. Good morning. I'm very honored to be on the podcast with you. Well, thank you so much. I just I'm so glad when you reached out because, you know, I think that it's important for people to hear other people's stories and so that people can know that they're not alone and also be able to recognize certain signs that people give off when they may not be doing the right thing by their marriage. So, Miss Renette, um, tell me, where were you born initially? I was born in Houston, Texas, uh, St. Luke's Hospital. Originally, I thought I was from Lake Providence, Louisiana, until I learned how to read and I read my birth certificate, and it said Houston. Oh, my goodness. I thought I was from Louisiana. My parents are from uh, Lake Providence, Louisiana, so that that was home. Okay, well, see, the, um, the world is small. My grandfather is my grandfather's from Lake Providence, so we'll have to talk a little more off, off the side, you know, once we finish our podcast here. But yeah, he's from Lake okay, Providence. I'm definitely, <laughs> Lake Providence is very small, and I can't have people. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so you are a phenomenal educator. I've actually seen you teach. And I've heard lots of great things about you in the classroom. How long have you been doing that? So I've been in uh, in education for 20 years now. Uh, I currently teach at Jack Yates Senior High School, and I've been there since October 29, 2007. Uh, I currently teach English 3, English 4, AP Language, and we have a new course called the College Bridge to Success, which is a college prep English course. Uh, so I, this is a, it's a new adventure, and I'm enjoying doing that portion of it. Well, I could tell you re- have a real passion about that just in your voice when you speak. And also, uh, when I see your pictures and all the things that you're involved in, I'm seeing that you're pretty much a socialite in Houston. part of it new, but I do get around, mostly in the church scene, uh, the church scene and things of that uh, that nature. Um, I love family and friends, and I love to be supportive of what others are doing, especially in the art. Uh, I love the ensemble theater, and every chance I can get to the ensemble or down to the hobby center or, or things of that nature, I, I'm there. Okay. But I, I love the art. Okay. Well, that's pretty awesome. Uh, when we spoke in the past, it had been a while, I believe you mentioned being on the way to success and wealth. Which streams of income are you building with? 
um, with Primerica Financial Services. That's one of my main ones. I also do Total Life Changes, uh, which is the detox uh, tea, as well as I dibble and dabbling, being a travel agent, and I will always be a Mary Kay co uh, consultant because that's the only thing I wear on my face. Uh, outside of those, I also do my music with my uh, music minister at a church. We do banquets, weddings, funerals, you name it, we, we, we do it. And so I, I enjoy doing all, all of those uh, things because teaching is my, it, teaching is a passion, but it's not going to get me where I really want to be uh, building a legacy for my niece and nephews and my uh, grandkids. So I had to step outside the box and I got that from my daddy. My daddy was an entrepreneur and the spirit just traveled on with me. Okay, well, I, I'm glad to hear about that. I mean, you know, everyone should have seven streams of income, and it sounds like you're well on your way to that. Want to have uh, that money flowing in when you're sleeping at night, right? Yes, 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 yes. And knowing that in the morning, all things will be well. Excellent. You're right about that. So, getting to our topic, cheating husbands, um, when you had boyfriends in the past, did you ever uh, find yourself physically or emotionally cheating? No, emotionally, yes. And being young, I didn't realize what actually was going on. Or, uh, you know, thinking, oh, I'm just talking to him. There's nothing physically going on. But as I've gotten older, I, I realized that even emotional involved with someone else is also as well as cheating. And I grew to... Um, I grew to be able to minimize those distractions so that I would not be involved in that. But physically cheating when I was with someone, I've never, I've never done that because I consider myself to be a lord. If, lord just, if I'm with you, I'm with you. Right. And I don't have time for nobody else. If we're about to be scared, I don't have time. I, it, it, I tried that for two months. I tried to entertain more than one person. That didn't work. <laughs> it did not work. I had to let it go. Let it go. Yeah, I had to let that go. That was too, it was too much work. So, I don't even know how people do it. So, so when you were emotionally cheating, um, how did you end up doing that? Like, what did you? I mean, what did you just? Was it somebody at work? Was it somebody you know that you knew in the neighborhood? How did that happen? Oh, oh my God! It's been so long ago. I think it's just. Um, it, it, it wasn't, it, it most of, most time it's with working, this, this during the time when I was working at Six Flags Astroworld, and it's like when you spend time with people, and you, I spend a lot of time with people, and that's why in the regular relationship, it's important that you carve out that quality time, so when you spend time with people, then you find yourself being emotionally attached, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and at Astroworld, I used to work sometimes from 70 to 80 hours a week. Oh, Wow. Yeah, and I didn't realize, um, you know, what was going on until I was like, dang, I think I like this guy. But I was talking to somebody else, and but, but and it turned out I was spending more time at work than I was with, the, you know, the boyfriend. And one, one thing about it, let me preface too, I, the longest relationship I've ever been in is my marriage. 
I've never been in a very long-term relationship because if something didn't work out, if I didn't see something progress or working out within say, like the first three to four months, I, I got out of it. I didn't waste time. Well, that sounds pretty smart. No need to uh, just hang out just because. <laughs> exactly. And, and so that, therefore, even, even during that period of time, I, I realized the boyfriend that I had at that moment he was doing, he was working, and I was working, and that just wasn't no middle of time. But we parted as friends, but didn't part as, uh, you know, enemies or I can't stand your guts type of thing. Uh, we just recognized, hey, this not working. I, you know what? I that's think it. that's how people should part as, as, as yeah. friends. Yeah, sure. Um, so how many times have you been married? I've only been married once. Five years, five months, and nine days. Oh, wow. And so how did you and your husband meet? We actually met online. Uh, he, it was a site called Tad that I had been, uh, I've been on it for some years. Uh, I wasn't per se active on the site, but I still had pictures. And he met me during a time when I was transferring my pictures over because I couldn't remember the password. And I was getting ready to close down the site and he sent me a message. Um, Initially, I was like, okay, here go another one. And I didn't really give the time of the day because I thought he was out of town. Uh, after conversing with him, found out that he actually was here in Houston. He just hadn't updated his profile. And that's kind of, that's how the door, you know, was open. Okay. And so once you started dating and everything, how did he treat you before marriage? Oh, before marriage, it was just, you know, he was, you know, queen status, and he he said all the right things. Well, I want to say that. He said all the right things. He, how he initially got to me was when he asked me the question, do you know God? That's the question I asked others. And so it was flipped on me. And I was like, what did you say? He said, do you know God? Because I can't have a woman who doesn't know God because she will lead me astray. And so from there, I, I began to let my guard down. He would go to church with me. He, If I had seen someplace, he would go with me. It was, you know, he was doing all those things. And, and for me, I, in fact, our first date, was to church. He went to church with me that morning, and then I had to go, uh, a girlfriend was speaking at another church, so we ran over there, and then, you know, church people got to eat, so we went to eat afterwards, and then we went to my mama's church for family and friends day, all in one day, and I was like, now, if he can hang with me on this day, then that means he can hang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was a farce. It was a game. It was all a game. And so do you think that's what made you kind of think that he was the one? Because things were kind of, things happened quickly. We met we met in September, started dating in October. We got married in December, and uh, it, it kind of happened quickly. One of the things I I, I call myself praying and asking God, like, is this really the one? Because I I know other people who have met their spouses in one week and they've been together twenty years. It is just you know, different for different people, right? <laughs> Every situation is different. We did. We went to marriage counseling, and like I said, he said all the right things. My pastor got on me about some stuff I forget. And what really did it for me, my grandson, 
um, my grandson is a people person, mm-hmm. but if my grandson don't like you, he, he shuts down. And that was like the ultimate test. I needed to see how my grandson responded around him, and my grandson just naturally took to him. And so I was like, okay, yeah, this, this is, you know, it's a good fit. And he was just really supportive uh, about everything. The first year of marriage, everything was was going, you know, everything went well, basically, the first uh, year of marriage. And when he started, once he got his green card, and let me say this, my husband's from Haiti, uh, when he got his green card and he started working, that's when things began to shift. Well... We'll uh, be right back on that note. Thank you. And we're back. This is Shanna Trahan, your wonderful, lovely, glorious host. Glad to be here with you. And also with our precious, great lovely, awesome guest, Renette Brown. Miss Brown, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, and I'm glad to be on this uh, podcast with you. I'm very honored. Okay, yeah, the Trahan Therapy Center enjoys and loves all its guests and all its listeners. So at the right before the break, you were sharing some things as it related to what made you think your husband was the one. So I need to know now, did you ever imagine that you two would not be together forever? No, I never imagined it. Everything seemed to be falling into place. Um, like I said, he was saying the right things, and that's what I was listening for, the the saying of the right things. And what I failed to do was to watch what was uh, going on. But I never thought that we would not be together forever. Ever. I had dreams. We talked about doing businesses and things of that nature. And so um, I, I thought that I would, it would truly be to death do a part. Okay. I think something that you said is very key. And a lot of people do that. They, they listen and listen and listen, but the actions and the words are not matching up. And I found myself saying that to someone recently, your actions and your words need to match up. And when they don't match up, then that's a huge red flag. But, you know, yeah, but sometimes when you're already caught up, it's kind of it's it's a challenge to kind of, you know, back out of the situation. You're you know, you're emotionally tied in. Do you find that that is the truth? Things that my brother noticed, and by this time we were like one month out uh, from the wedding, and I, a lot of people had things to say because my husband, ex husband, was Haitian, and so uh, you don't want to mess with Haitians. They no good and blah 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 and all this. But I personally know some Haitians who are good people, right? And one thing about me is. You got to read the book yourself. Correct. You have to read the book yourself. And because if we often go by what other people tell us about people, we wouldn't like anybody. You're right. You're right. (laughs) And and so therefore, it was like I needed to read this book myself. Um, Like I said, things were lining up. But the one thing what my brother said 
it did stick out. And in hindsight, I wish I had paid attention to my brother because he did have a strong spirit of discernment mm-hmm. when it came to people. I know by the time he brought it to me, I was in love. We have already started planning for the wedding. And when I look at it, it wasn't too late to back out. Uh, but I just thought my brother just didn't like him because he's patient. <laughs> well, you, you just never know, right? So yeah. uh, in this marriage, did you find yourself making some serious sacrifices for the marriage? Oh, major. Because he, you know, he, he didn't have his papers at first. I was the sole provider. Uh, one time he did try to do you know, work, but we both got scared because he didn't have papers and we didn't want to risk um you know, being deported or whatever it was. So for the first year of marriage, it was all on, on me as far as the uh, finances. Um, see, he did have family that would sometimes send money uh, to help out uh, things that nature until he could start working. Uh, but financially, it was it was very, very, very draining. Even when to the point, uh, I also got his daughter from you know from Haiti I was a sponsor and then that was financially uh he well by that time he was working so he paid fees, and I did all the paperwork but once he got here being a mom again to a teenager that was very you know during that were things I had to give up that I want to do because she had school she had homework and because she didn't know how to speak English homework that normally would take 30 minutes took three hours Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a lot of personal sacrifice. Um, I uh, that was sometimes. I'm, I'm be honest with you. I didn't eat to make sure that he and my mom, uh, uh, this before his daughter got here, to make sure that they they ate. You know, I uh, I did that, and it, I did it because you know I loved them, um, and of course you know I love my mom. Um, so it was a lot of sacrificing. Um, so you mean that he would? So he he knew that you would go without eating, but he would eat. No, I didn't tell him. I, I didn't tell him. Um, sometimes I would get home. I tell him, "Oh, I ate at work, or I ate on the way home." And I I would cook because he and my mama love pork chops, and I'm not a big pork chop fan, so I cook pork chops a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, pork chops with shrimp and things like that. Uh, and I don't I didn't really eat. So have you, you, did you have you ever had that conversation with him? Uh, eventually, you know, eventually we had a heated argument and he was complaining about the money and that I wasn't giving him, uh, you know, enough money and things of that nature. Because uh, my, my husband was, where we differed and I didn't realize it, my husband is very, very materialistic. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was very materialistic. And I didn't grow up as a materialistic person. Mm-hmm. I grew up, you take care of your needs and things of that nature. I didn't have to have the latest Jordans and things of that nature, but my husband did. And he was training his daughter to be materialistic too. And so that, those conversations, we did for a big time, especially like when the light bill is due. And I'm telling you, I don't get paid till next week, so I need you to chip in. Uh, you know, for that, you think you don't have any money. But then the next thing I know, Amazon boxes are coming, and $200 Timberlands are in there. That was a light bill. Mm. 
so if there were times I would have to go borrow, I had to borrow money from friends and take out payday loans and things of that nature just to keep afloat because he, especially once he started working, he didn't help like he should have enough because he was taking care of the women. So I have a question then. So that's interesting. So at a point where he, both of you guys were working and you were sharing with him that you needed some support from him as related to responsibilities in the house, he was spending money on other things and not feeling like he had a responsibility to the home. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. And um, I'm just so sorry that you had to go through this, but I think that especially when it comes down to payday loans and things like that. I think that other people, probably men and women, are experiencing things that are similar. And the question is, really, how do you, how do you get out of that? So um, you were recently divorced. Can you tell us, you know, how did, how did you come to getting out of that? Working overtime, but where's the money? If you're working overtime, 
and I soon found out that working overtime, he was with the girl. Hmm. That was his first one. That what the first one that I found out. Let me say that. And oh. she just happened to be his supervisor on his job. So the first, so one of the first signs was him supposedly working overtime, but with no overtime cash. Exactly. Okay. And then he was all of a sudden I'm going to work on my off day, but there's no cash. And see, during this time, he also stopped going to church. Mm. Yeah, he stopped going to church. Um, so the, the not coming home, and we would talk all the time during the day. If most time, if you call me, it was just like one minute or two minutes. But I'm looking at the phone records, and you on the phone with somebody 190 minutes. Mm. You know, what the heck you talking about? What you doing? And so then he became very mean to me. As well, you know, if he used to do little things around the house, take out the trash and things of that nature, ask to take out the trash. Oh, you know what the trash is. <laughs> it was things like that. And then his hugs became different. The way he hugged me, it was different. That was a shift. So just even the smallest thing, down to the smallest yes. things. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, what kind of thoughts and feelings, I mean, did going through all of this begin to cause you to have? I mean, did you, had was at that point, had he finished all of his paperwork to be, I guess, to work in the U.S., um, you know, well, legally? He or? The, well, he had the green card, so he was able to work. He didn't have citizenship, uh, you know, yet, but he did have the green card. Um, so, the thoughts were... Uh, have I done the right things? What am I going through? And as a woman of faith, I know people who have gone through issues in their marriage and they, it came out to be a testimony for them. So in my head, I'm like, if this is going to work out, we just got to go through this. And I was constantly praying, and that's another thing. We used to pray together, he stopped praying. He stopped playing. Uh, so it was all on me. Everything was all on me. Financially, the spiritual portion of it, I, I, it was just it, the, the roles began, you know, began to flip as far as, you know, I was concerned. And so I really questioned about whether or not I had done the right thing. And so about 2016, I, after having gone through this, and that's when I found out about the woman that he's not married to now, um, I, I, had to, I prayed and I said, Lord, you either got to fix this or get me out of this. Fix it or get me out. And see, by this time, he had started introducing his women, his women to his daughter. Mm. And she became more loyal to the women than me. Oh, wow. She telling, yeah, she was telling them she loved them too. Mm. Yeah, so, that was a you know really slap. Uh, like things she would buy for the other women, he would hide them in her room. He, he didn't bring them to our room. The, M, the Amazon packages and stuff would come, and he would put them in her room. And then that's how I found out about the, the woman in Dominican Republic because the daughter was talking to her, and I was like, "Well, who's this? Who's this person? Oh, mom, it's just somebody who I thought was pretty." I I went through her tablet. She had been talking to the lady, being now. 
And when he went to Dominican Republic, guess who he went to go stay with? Because he told the daughter, uh, even though the stuff was in Creole, Google Translate is your friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, and then his daughter began to, uh, once he started introducing her to the other women, she became uh, disrespectful as well. Oh, wow. In your home. In my home. I'm taking care of you. I'm feeding you. Taking you to school. Doing all of those things. Yeah. So I began to pray. And, and it was a journey. I thank God for my divorce uh, Lord, uh, attorney. Uh, he's a, he was a saved man. And his wife, they really, really helped me. Because I think I would have lost my mind if it had not been for them. Because I just couldn't figure out... So what are some of the reasons, because, you know, men have all their stories, I guess some women do as well, but what are some of the reasons he gave you, oh, I cheated because I did this because, did he ever have, did you guys ever have that conversation? Okay, so the first time when we found out about the first woman and we went through counseling with, um, with my pastor, his thing was, and, and, and this was during the time when he could not work, so he was at home with my mom all the time, mm-hmm. and he was like, well, you're never here. You know, that that's, that's, that's how, that's the first thing that he said, but he took responsibility, well, at least he said he took responsibility, and that was not a good reason for him, you know, to cheat, and he apologized, and that God had given him another chance, and he would never do it again, so that was 2014, we went to the Dominican Republic for our anniversary, and I found out that's when he met the woman uh, in Dominican Republic on our, anniver- you know, on our anniversary trip. So, and then after that, he just was bold about things. And uh, after we separated and we were uh, talking, he told me that I was supposed to be okay with him having other girlfriends. I was like, wow. I said, well, baby, this is the United States, not it. I'm from Sunnyside, not quotable case. <laughs> it's not all right. And so, um, after we separated, his, uh, you know, I was his second wife. Uh, he was, he was married to his uh, daughter's mom. And during the, I had a relationship with her because, you know, because of the daughter. And every, I would always try to ask her, well, why did y'all, you know, why did y'all not make it? What, what happened with y'all? She would never answer me. And then after we separated and I told her that the daughter was no longer with me, but with him and his girlfriend, and then I asked her, I said, why did you all break up? And she said, for the same reasons that you were broken up. He was cheating, being too. Hmm. And she said she could not take it. And, um, and, and the financial thing, I, I found out so many similar things. Uh, like I was telling her that I, you know, I was taking care of everything financially, and she just chuckled and she said, "Me too." Oh wow! So he has. So he has. He's a, a narcissist. He's a narcissist, and he's very selfish. Mm-hmm. He's very selfish. His his idea of love is material things that you bring. So if you know, you he would love you uh, if you did things like that for him. If you didn't do things for him, I don't love you today. And I didn't understand that. I grew up in a two-parent home, 
Uh, I had both my parents until I was 27 when my daddy passed away. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's the unit that I grew up in. His parents were killed when he was three and six. Oh, and, and yes, yes. So he grew up an orphan. He didn't have the example of love for what I, you know, for what I had. So I would tell anybody before you just jump off in the marriage, get know that background, know that family, the family dynamics of what the person is growing up, because you need to make sure that your values are lining up together. And I was, I was didn't. And that would be he felt I should do in a marriage that I should know. I told him, I've never been married before. Well, you should know that. I'm from no. <laughs> I've never been married before. I'm going based on what I, you know, what I've seen. And I can't read your mind. And that's another thing. Communication is so important. In, in communication, you have to have those lines of communication. So what I determined is that even at the first you know, when he did the first woman, he cheated because he wanted to cheat. And skipping ahead, a little bit ahead, you know, he married the mistress that he had here in Houston. They married, and she was happy to have my man, and she told me, I got your man. And she knew he was married because I sent her a letter. And I told her, I did not accuse her, but, you know, you don't know what the people are telling people. Correct. And I told her that he was married, and then I said, currently, this is when he went to go see the girlfriend in Dominican Republic, and I told her, I said, he's currently in Dominican Republic with another woman. So, when he got back from the Dominican Republic, and of course, he was, he, cause by that time, he had moved out the first time, and he showed me, you mean this letter, she is not your friend, she gave him the letter that I sent to her. And so, um, <laughs> you know, I just thought, so but she was just happy to have a man, and, and and I noticed on Facebook when I could see it, she had put that she was in a relationship, and somebody put on there, oh y'all public now, you so you knew you were doing, you knew you were doing wrong, you knew, um, you know, and everything, and uh, when I finally got them to sign the papers. Well, she got him to sign the papers. She, oh, she cursed me out and called me everything but a child of God. And I got your man now and things of that nature. I said, no, boo, you don't have my man. God preparing my man. My man waiting for me to get out of this fiasco. Because uh, through this journey and through prayer, and I had to come to this realization that, because, uh, you know, I kept trying to reflect, well, what went wrong, what went wrong? And one of my intercessors who was praying for me, she let me know, she said, this marriage was not about you. It was about for him to have an authentic encounter with God. And what he did with it was up to him. So she said it was not about you. And what God confirmed for me back in April 2000, of uh, this year, 2018, after they signed the papers, um, I spent some time in prayer. And what the Lord let me see that he gave me a desire of my heart, and that was to be married. Mm -hmm. And so, and now, was it in his will? No. But it was a desire that I had. He, you know, he said he would give his desires of your heart. Uh, do I regret getting married? At first I did, but now I don't because what I went through has built me into the woman that I am. I, I'm not better. I'm just better. And I'll, and and I, at the, go ahead. I'm I, sorry. Yeah, yeah I was just about to say, it's, it's time for our commercial break. So um, let's start back off with bitter to bitter. To better. When we come back. Okay. Thank you.
And thank you for sticking with the Trahan Therapy Center. Your great host, Shanna Trahan, and also our lovely guest, Ms. Renette Brown. So we left off talking about how her the relationship and marriage with her cheating husband caused her to initially feel bitter. However, she went from being or feeling bitter to better. So can you share with our audience about that, Ms. Brown? Yes. Um, as I was talking about the, the bitterness, um, because when you think about, oh, well, I'm not going to say when you, when I thought about everything that I had poured into my marriage, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, uh, it, it, it's just like, uh, I, I have I wasted, at this time we were at year four, uh, you know, four years of my life. And one thing I would tell any woman or even man who's going through the situation, make sure you surround yourself with people of faith. I did not share my story or what I was going through with everybody, only only a few, because too many ear too many voices in your ear can lead you astray and it can prevent you from really hearing God's voice of how to move. So I thank God for my lawyer, I thank God for my intercessor and a few, like two or three friends who knew what was, what was going on, including my uh, boss, um, I, I, I wouldn't have made it through without them. And because of that, and because of the, the journey and me seeking God throughout all of this, I can say that I'm a better woman for having gone through it, and I'm not bitter. Do I look forward to getting married again? Uh, of course. But I'm in a I'm in a rebuilding stage right now. Uh, I'm in a, in a stage. Uh, I'll never be perfect, but because of what I went through uh, in the marriage, there's some things I need to tweak. There's some things that I need to uh, uh, tweak financially, uh, spiritually, emotionally, even physically. My husband told me I during this process I started losing weight, and he told me I waited too late to lose weight. And I thought about it now. It's right on time. Because it's not for you, it's for me. Sometimes we, as especially women, we give so much of ourselves to others that we forget about ourselves. We forget about the self-love. And I was pouring so much into him. My mom was dying at that, you know, during the period of time. I was taking care of her, trying to take take care of grandkids and things, or even trying to take care of students. And then I have forgotten about Renette. And so right now, it's the better part of it is that I'm taking care of me. Uh, I've lost some more weight. I'm on a journey of fitness. I'm a pescatarian. Uh, now I've given up uh, meat. Uh, I'm trying to exercise more. I don't watch TV because I'm trying to learn how to build wealth. I- I'm concentrating, you know, on on developing me. And although... Um, you know, I'm glad my husband, ex-husband, finally signed the papers, and I realized he didn't want to sign the papers yet because his citizenship wasn't, you know, finished. But it is now. He ended up changing his name, and 61 days after our divorce, he married his mistress. But I'm here to report he has not stopped cheating. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, sure. <laughs> Once a cheater, always a cheater. <laughs> always a cheater. And, I, and when she was trying to go off on me, I told her, I said, he's going to cheat on you too. I said, because look how you got him. Hmm. And she's like, no, he's not. He loves me and blah, blah, blah. And she's just going on and on. 
And I just said, oh, oh, you know, okay. And I just signed, like, I haven't signed the papers. Please sign the papers. So I get out of there. And, and about a month ago, uh, I could see his Facebook page. You know, how Facebook put up people that you have in common, things of that nature. Right. So I could see his page. And at one point, he had pictures of him and, you know, the new wife up. And then all of a sudden, it was no pictures of her anywhere on the page. Just him and the daughter. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And one day I saw a, a, a friend of mine, uh, rid of one of my brother's old church members, had, had posted on on his page. And I was like, how she know him? And I reached out to her and things of that nature because we hadn't talked in a long time. She know I had got married and we, we know I was divorced now. And then I mentioned his name. And then she said, I just recently met somebody by that name, you know, that works for the post office and things of that nature. Now, I said, that's him. And I told her the story. And she kept going interested. Wow. You know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, something dropped in my spirit. And I asked her, I said, may I ask you this question? Did he introduce himself to you as a uh, single? That he was single? And she said, yes. I said, he is not single. I said, you can look it up on the Fort Bend Court Register. They got married August the 9th. So he hasn't stopped. Well, you mean August the 9th of this year. He just got married, and he's already all over the place and and kicked his wife off the Facebook already. Yes. Yes. So he hasn't, you know, he hasn't stopped. Our divorce was final. Well, yeah, divorce was uh, Friday. I filed for divorce the day before our fifth anniversary, which was December 29, 2017. He didn't sign the papers until April 19, uh, 2018. And I, I wasn't going to waste another day from work, you know, trying to deal with it. So I didn't go to court uh, to turn the paperwork in until Friday, June the 8th, 2018. And then they told us, you know, 60 days, uh, you have to wait 60 days before you can get married again or whatever and on the 61st day after the divorce which was August 9th he got married oh wow okay you know and he had changed his name <laughs> by then uh you know as well so so she thinks she has a prize and you know I'm all good with it I'm just glad I'm out of it I, I'm glad that I got uh that I got released from that particular bondage and moving on into uh, another relationship. Um, one thing is, I hear what you say, but I'm going to be watching what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And although I start, you know, dating again, I'm not in a serious relationship because it's not time. Uh, there's still healing that needs to take place. And that's what God is working on with me now. So I do date, but you can't come to my house. I'll meet you there. <laughs> And so, so what will be the characteristics uh, that you'll demand for the next special someone in your life? First off, um, I, I got to really, I, I don't need to hear you say, you know, God, I need to see it. I, I need to, I need to see it. And I know some people may say, well, anybody can act like it, but when when there's really a true relationship with me, with with God, you'll be able you'll be able to see it and not just hear it. My my ex husband was saying he loved God, he knew God, but his ways and actions were contradictory to what he was saying. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna be looking to see 
you see that uh, when my because when my ex husband started working, he stopped going to church. And unless he didn't been to church recently, he hasn't been to church since June 15, 2015, Father's Day. Uh, so I, that's that's my biggest thing. I need I need to see if you say you love God, the God in your life. I I need to see that exemplified. And I, you know, I know what I. It's hard for me to tell you what signs to look for, but I know what to look for. Okay. Like, you know, I, I know what to look for. So. Um, so that's one of the main things. Uh, I'm going to be looking at family dynamics. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, no, no one can meet my mom and my dad, dad, because they both have passed. But I know I'm going to be, I'll be looking at family dynamics. If the, if the guy's mom or dad is still living, I want to see how you interact with your family because family is important to me. I have a very big family on both sides, uh, and so family is very important to me. And if the person is not a family type guy, then I already know we won't make it. <laughs> I, I already know that. I love my grandkids and things of that nature, uh, and I want somebody. I, I, I want somebody who has a vision, who's hmm. still dreaming. Hmm. Because if they still dreaming, then I know we're gonna go somewhere. Because I'm still dreaming. Oh yeah. And and I want someone who I can add value to his life as well as he can add value to my life, and we're not draining each other. My marriage was a draining situation. So it's it's good. The things that you're saying, I believe that people really can uh, take from that and use it in their own consideration of future people in their lives. What do you, at this point, what would you like men to know about how to love a woman? One thing that um, I would tell men is to get to know how to love her and not just your perception of what you think love is. You know, I said my husband was materialistic and I was not. Uh, I did go through the five um, love languages. Mm-hmm. And I, my love language is that of physical touch and quality time. Mm-hmm. Those things are more important to me than the material thing. And I think that's because of how I you know, grew up. We didn't, my family was not a materialistic thing. We didn't, we, you had a bill to pay, but you wanted something. You didn't just go get there and worry about the bill. Like, we didn't grow up, you know, uh, of that way, like that nature. But I, I'm a hugger. Uh, I, I love, I'm a, I hug everybody. And so my, my love that language is that of physical uh, touch. And I like spending time with you. And so for men, get to know uh, how to love uh, the woman. And then let her know how to love you. I think it, you know it's a two way it's a two way situation. It's not um, oh this is how I want you to love me and that's it. It's a it's a give and it's a give and a take. And in loving, you got to have a communication. You have to be able to compromise. You have to be able to come together and collaborate. And know this that the love just can't be physical love. Because you have to ask yourself this question. If the person was not able to perform physical, would I still be with them? Mm-hmm. And I got that from some old people. <laughs> I, got that, I, got I, love, I love talking to people. Um, and I talk to 
of one of my church members, she and her husband been married 51 years. And she told us, she just told us this other Sunday, everything wasn't all peachy. And she said, yeah, the fire romance was there at first. She said, over time, those things change. She said, what is it that you have to hold on to? And if you have not built and, and, and poured into the storehouse some other components of the love, when the fire and the romance is gone, what you going to have to stand on? And she said, as you get older and the relationships get older, the love, it shifts. Mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. got to be able to shift with it. So what have you built in order to do the shifting? And it just can't be all physical. But as we get old, things, things begin to happen. Some things happen beforehand. Right. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to make that? Are you ready to be committed? Are you ready? You say you love me. Are you ready to be committed? Are you ready to work together? I realized in hindsight, the only person that was in my marriage was me. Me and God, that was it. My husband was nowhere in it. <laughs> wow. He was, he was nowhere in it. It was a one-sided thing. When we're talking about reconciliation, I was the only one trying to reconcile. I was the one going through, well, what changes do I need to make? He was still doing the same thing. The only thing he wanted me to stop doing was checking the phone records. That's what he wanted me to stop doing. <laughs> but so just, just you know, for anybody, male and female, learn how to love. Learn not just say, oh, I love you. Because love, love is an action word. Love is an action word. I can tell you I love you all day, but if I never show you love, then it, 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 it's just, it's just, it, you just sounding brass. You just making some noise. Right. You got to show it. So people you got to show it. people will often say things, as you said in the beginning, um, you know, that really make you see things a certain way. However, as we learn through the conversation here, that it's not just about what we say, it's also about what we portray. And the last things that you were saying, that it is important if someone's unable to perform in certain ways. Do you still care for them? Will you still be in their corner? And as we're closing, I really just want to say that for any man, any woman out there, just consider your partner. And if you're a person who feels like you need to constantly sleep around, you need to let whoever you're dealing with know that that's who you are before you get deeply involved in a situation. And so let that give that person the opportunity to make an authentic decision with all of the information in front of them, not just what's perceived, but what's reality through conversation. Because I promise you, there's going to be people who are just like you, who want exactly what you want. So be authentic in the beginning. So that way you don't waste your time. The other person doesn't waste their time. And if you're a person who wants someone who is under you all the time, near you and in your space all the time, Again, be honest in the beginning. This is what I like. This is what I enjoy. Yes. You know, I yes. think one of the main things about relationships in the beginning is people spend so much time trying to portray someone other than the person who they really are oh, and, yes. and are not really authentic about what they really want and their goals in dating you or seeking to spend time with you. And so I think that if more people were honest in the beginning, They'd spend less time dealing with people who 
are not on their level. Spend less time dealing with people who want totally different things. Spend less time trying to figure things out because in the beginning, earlier on, you mentioned some people who had known each other. And I knew a couple like that had known each other just for a few weeks and married for forever. So it really has to do with that authenticity. But in the beginning, when there are lots of lies, such as in my first marriage, there were some. And so there were a couple that were so impactful that it caused me to turn to divorce. But the biggest thing to know, guys, is just stop trying to run game on everybody and be, be straight from the beginning. So that way you can get to your happy place with the person you want to be with sooner than later. Again, thank you so much for joining us here on the Trahan Therapy Center. Hope to get some uh, new subscribers and people liking and sharing the post on all of the different platforms that we're on. God bless. Have a great day. Ta-ta. Have an awesome day. Thank you. Thank you. It was lovely having you join us. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe below and like us. Check out our blog at TreyHandTherapyCenter.com. Remember, every day is a holiday. Treat yourself with a copy of the book at the TreyHandTherapyCenter.com and share one with a friend. Don't forget to share this podcast with a friend too. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.